This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. Now, spreading freedom across the nation, this is The Buck Sexton Show. It is The Buck Sexton Show on uh, January 3rd. We are on the third day of 2017. Mike Opelka sitting in for Buck. He'll be back tomorrow. I promise you. I swear to you. Pinky swear. So uh, I'll be here today. We have a lot to do. We're keeping an eye on what's going on as we launch the 115th Congress. Chuck Schumer is pontificating as we speak in front of the entire Senate. Schumer is, uh, he's on a bit of a tear against Trump. And the guy who got so mad at the Republicans for uh, holding Obama's feet to the fire called Obama uh, the uh, Republicans obstructionist is now basically promising to obstruct just about everything Donald Trump does if he doesn't like it. And he, he just uh, seconds ago said that, uh, what's the, I got to get the phrase right, because he's, he's not happy. A lot of, a lot of the uh, Democrats are not happy about Mr. Trump's use of Twitter. A lot of the media not happy about Mr. Trump's use of Twitter. And I will tell you, I think... I think the, uh, the use of Twitter, brilliant. I don't always agree with what he tweets, but I think it's a way of getting around the media so they don't filter your message. Uh, Mr. Schumer, is this, is this what he just said? Our challenge is too entrenched for mere tweeting. Making America great again requires more than 140 characters Duh. per issue. With all due respect, America cannot afford a Twitter presidency. Chuck Schumer's been going at it for a while now. He finally sat down and John Cornyn's up there. But uh, Schumer, Schumer is is the last guy to talk. And look, I lived in New York for 25 years. Chuck Schumer fought for the people of the state of New York really hard. But he also fought for a bunch of bad stuff, a bunch of dumb stuff. He's the guy who would, uh, Chuck Schumer would want everybody to get free college. And Governor Cuomo in New York announced uh, a plan to give free college to everybody who's in a family that doesn't make $125,000 a year or less. Everybody who earns under $125,000 a year, that family, they want to give free college. That's not the answer. The answer is not to allow free college for everybody because everybody shouldn't go to college. But it's also, it's, it's also not encouraging us to fill the jobs we need filled, the jobs that Mike Rowe talks about all the time. This, 
this makes me very angry. I get I get tense when I see stuff like this because it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be gospel from a lot of people. They're going to say, "Did you hear what? Did you hear what Schumer said? Did you hear his warning about Obamacare?" Yeah, here's the warning about Obamacare. It is not acceptable to repeal the law, throw our health care system into chaos, and then leave the hard work for another day. Mr. President-elect, what is your plan to make sure all Americans can get affordable health care? We will get back to this. Chuck Schumer is, uh, he's not telling the truth. And I'll, I will break down where he's not telling the truth when we get back. Gordon Chang is joining us. Uh, I wanted to have a discussion about North Korea because when I saw the news this weekend, about Kim Jong-un announcing he's, he's going to be testing an ICBM soon, I looked at my calendar and I said, oh, we're about to inaugurate a new president. Uh, that's usually around the time Kim Jong-un pops up with something like this. But uh, I, I asked if Gordon Chang could join us, the author of Nuclear Showdown, North Korea Takes on the World, and The Coming Collapse of China, two very important books. Gordon Chang, thank you for joining us at the last minute. I appreciate you being here, sir. Well, thank you so much for asking. Well, now, Gordon, as you look at this, as you look at the latest news out of North Korea with a with a reportedly an ICBM rocket that could that could travel 5000 kilometers, 3000 plus miles. Is there any reality to this? Is there any uh, real um, chance that these guys could have perfected this delivery system? Well, there is, because. Let's say within three years, perhaps four years, North Korea will have three launchers that will be able to hit the United States, lower 48 states, with a nuclear weapon. They already have the the missiles to get here. Um, They just need to do two things. They need better shielding, and they also need to mate a warhead to those long-range missiles. But given those challenges, which they'll be able to meet, they'll be able to incinerate the American city of their choice let's hmm. say by 2020, maybe a little bit earlier than that. So what, what you're talking about here when you see these two technological hurdles that, that the uh, North Koreans have to overcome, the shielding refers to uh, protecting that, that ICBM as it reenters the atmosphere and protects it from the heat upon reentry. Yes, that's what they need to do. Um, okay. They have been able to create shielding for their intermediate and short-range missiles, but they haven't been able to do it for their longest-range launchers. But this is not something that is going to take them that long to do because they already have many of the skills. So this is a threat which is we know it's going to um, mature in the first term of uh, President Trump. Hmm. Not a good sign. Uh, and then the, the second technology refer- referred to, I believe, is the miniaturization of the nuclear warhead. And that also seems to be a skill set that's easily available, or or at least they can purchase it somewhere. Well, yes. And we got to remember that they've already miniaturized a nuclear warhead for their uh, intermediate range no-dong missile. So they haven't been able to do that yet for their longest range missiles, we think. But then again, it's just a matter of three or four years. Wow. Gordon, uh, pardon me for being so familiar, but... You know, I just like calling you Gordon. Uh, in, in the case of North Korea, 
I have some friends in the Intel community, probably not as many as you and Buck do, but I hear we have um, sort of special ops teams kind of on call in case this guy does anything dumb. Uh, what, what, in, in the, what could we do if he decides to test an ICBM? Would we shoot it down? We probably wouldn't do that. Um, I mean, we'd monitor it. Um, but I don't think that, um, you know, certainly neither the George W. Bush or Obama administrations decided to do that. And I don't think uh, Trump would either, um, because that means it really turns the conversation about us rather than where it should be, which is North Korea. Now, there have been many people who've been talking about doing that, including Ashton Carter, the current secretary of defense. But that was before he took office. Um, hmm. So this is something that is you know, discussed periodically, but the United States has never gone that way. Well, that's a, that's something to think about. Uh, we're talking with Gordon Chang, the author of the book, Nuclear Showdown, North Korea Takes on the World. Gordon, how does, and, and maybe this is too simple a question, but everything we hear about North Korea is it's an impoverished nation. It's starved. It's people are, are, are they, they don't have food. They don't have all the basics. The leadership does. How does North Korea fund this kind of a weapons program? Well, first of all, um, they devote and give it the first priority. Um, but, you know, they sell stuff to China. China buys a lot of its minerals, especially its coal. And, of course, North Korea is engaged in illicit commerce, like com uh, counterfeiting U.S. money, methamphetamines, um, in trade in endangered animals, all the rest of it. Hmm. I had known about the counterfeiting of the money. I did not know about the meth. I, I, to, just to think of North Korea as the, the biggest meth lab in the world, it's kind of a frightening thing and, and, and not something that makes me very happy. Uh, and the, yeah. their relationship with China, I think, should be uh, uh, of concern to all of us. You, you've also written a book called The Coming Collapse of China. Is, is this a reality, too? Is, is China on the verge of uh, tumbling down? I think it is. And, and by the way, um, we've got to remember that North Korea sells weapons and its biggest customer is Iran, where they earn somewhere between two and a half to three billion dollars a year um, for its various forms of collaboration with uh, the Iranians. So that's important as well. Yeah, with regard to China, yeah, I think the Chinese state is unstable. It has an economy that is growing maybe half the reported 6.7 percent rate. And we also know that they've been creating debt five times faster than gross domestic product. They have an incomplete leadership transition from Hu Jintao to Xi Jinping, the current ruler. And they've got a military, which is becoming much more influential in policy circles. None of this is taking China in the right directions. And I believe that the country is fragile. Well, it, when, when I look at China, I see the things you're talking about. I see the the production of these ghost cities that were basically stimulus packages to keep people employed, but no one's living there. Nothing's going on there. And then I see these islands in the South Pacific that are basically military bases they've created. They rushed uh, from, I guess it was about 10 years ago, I went through a Defense Department uh, quadrennial review, and they talked about China building these smaller, quicker boats that they were going to populate these South China Sea areas with. Um, this, this all is disturbing to me because I think China is trying to do what the Soviet Union was doing, 
before we we outdid them, I guess, in military might and ultimately crushed them. If that happens, if China crumbles under its own weight and its false economy, doesn't that also have an adverse effect on our economy versus uh, with our debt and and the stuff we buy from China? Well, it would, but you know we don't have to worry about debt. You know, China for more than a year and a half has been selling U.S. Treasury obligations. As a matter of fact, in October, um, they lost their crown as the biggest holder of U.S. debt. Um, the Chinese have to sell debt um, because they need to support their own currency, so they're really in trouble with that regard. And you know, of course, you know, a country as big as China, <coughs> excuse me, its failure is going to affect every economy in the world, but. You know, we don't need them as much as people think. Um, We run a big trade deficit with them. We can buy our shoes and clothes and toys from elsewhere. So I don't think that the effect on the U.S. is going to be as big as people say. It's going to be big, but not as catastrophic as people think. Well, that's good. We're talking to Gordon Chang. Uh, He's written some great books on both North Korea and China. And just two days ago, you posted the story. Uh, is Trump responsible for China's cash squeeze? And uh, you can you can find all of Gordon's articles at gordonchang.com. But in this case, is Trump responsible for this cash squeeze, Gordon? Well, Trump, um, China has a cash squeeze problem anyway. Um, I think what's going to happen will be that people are looking at what the president-elect has been saying. They realize that relations with China are going to get tense. And so, therefore... They're reconsidering um, plans to put money into China. Now, they were already doing that before the American election. But I think that Trump's election certainly has focused people's view on this. And so, therefore, China is viewed as a worse risk than it had been before November 8th. Wow. Well, I, I, I get nervous with China just because the, the military might that they've been developing and their take on Taiwan uh, which which will always be the the real China to me because that's the China I grew up with, and and I get nervous for those folks uh, in Formosa, and I hope nothing nothing untoward happens in that relationship, but I still think China thinks that they own them and they're going to eventually get them back. Um, maybe Mr. Trump has scared them. One last question about China and the economics: Is the best way to understand China's selling of our debt? and pulling, uh, getting rid of American debt and, and selling that stuff off, are they basically covering shorts in the stock market of their own, their own economy? No, no. What they're doing is they're trying to support their own currency, the renminbi. The way to do that is to sell dollars. Their currency is way overvalued right now because people don't want to hold it. Last year, there may be $1 trillion of net capital outflow, according to Bloomberg, And so essentially Beijing is trying to keep money inside the country. And the way to do that, uh, one way to do that is to try to keep the currency at an elevated value. Hmm. I know Russia or the Soviet Union did that in the 80s, too, and it failed miserably uh, when they and and I remember Mexico trying that when I was in Texas in the 70s. And you couldn't take much out of there either. Uh, that looks sounds like a failed policy to me. And as you said, coming collapse of China is the title of one of your books and the other nuclear showdown North Korea takes on the world. Gordon Chang, thank you for jumping in and help us understand this. I'm very nervous about it. Should I be? You definitely should be. But thank you very oh, much. Great. great. Thanks, Gordon. Take care. Wow. You know, 
just yesterday on Morning Joe, a guest said to the panel that the thing that keeps the Pentagon up at night is North Korea. And I don't know why the president isn't spending the last two and a half weeks he has at least working on this problem. I guess he's got a speech to give in Chicago next week. Mike Opelka in for Buck Sexton. We'll, get, we'll be back after this. I've, I've got an update on a couple of stories next. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. This is the Buck Sexton Show. It is the Buck Sexton Show. Mike Opelka in for Buck. Uh, Pure Opelka returns live tomorrow evening, 7 to 10 p.m., usually Monday through Fridays and Saturday mornings. Join us, won't you? I've often said Buck's audience is one of the smartest groups of people I've run into, as well as the Pure Opelka audience, and you guys are proving it. On the Twitter, you're joining me on Twitter, at StuntBrain is my Twitter handle. I tweeted earlier that... Uh, you know, I uh, I would love the swearing-in ceremonies to in- include actual swearing, and many of you uh, responded, good, we're glad you're paying attention. I also posted Chuck Schumer saying that uh, uh, we can't afford a Twitter presidency, and uh, Will tweeted back, uh, no, it wasn't Will, Steve, Steve Filippi tweeted back, Translation of Schumer's comments, we haven't figured out how to control Twitter yet. Very astute, sir. Very astute. That is, in fact, what the government is trying to figure out. Because Trump has actually trumped all of those people who they wanted to control him. The media wanted to control Donald Trump. And just the way I said Vladimir Putin alpha-mailed Barack Obama with his move on the embassy... Donald Trump has alpha-mailed the media and gone completely around them. They can't control him if he uses Twitter. Now, I don't agree with everything he says. A lot of it really ticks me off. But they're going to belittle what Trump does. They're going to try and make fun of what he does. So, Chucky Schumer, your comments, they might be snarky like this one. Like I thought like this one. On January 20th, we won't be in reality TV. We'll be in reality. You know, that's when he gets all smiley and he tries to say, didn't I do a good one there, guys? We won't be in reality TV. We'll be in reality. Yes, we will be, Chuck. And the reality is the Republicans hold the House, they hold the Senate, and they hold the People's House. And we, the people will be heard when we get back uh, more news of the day plus some some weird stories I, I think i need to ask you guys about this dog story that i told yesterday it made some people really mad at me that's coming up next on the buck sexton show 
The Buck Sexton Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Dispensing the truth. This is Buck Sexton. On the Blaze Radio Network. I'm not Buck Sexton. Not even close to Buck Sexton, but I am Mike Opelka of Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. And we are watching the day. I was just uh, monitoring CNN because they have several split screens covering all the events of the day with the opening day. And it's kind of like the first day of school or the last day of school. Nothing really is getting done. There's a whole lot of family members rolling in and out. And uh, just a few minutes ago, Biden and Schumer were uh, with uh, a bunch of folks who were being sworn in and and getting their uh, photo taken with the vice president and the uh, minority leader in the Senate. And it looked like Okay, forgive me for this. It looked like a visit from a senior center. It it really it really looked like a bunch of old folks had pulled up in front of the Capitol and got the tour. And I think this is part of the reason why the Democrats have lost so many seats in the Obama administration's era. Because the party never brought new blood in. You look at the bench, even Harry Reid realized it, looking at the bench that the Democrats have early on when the Republicans had 14 candidates or so. The average age was somewhere in the mid-40s. Sure, we got a 70-year-old guy who won, but you had Rand Paul and Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz. You You had a youth movement, and you had diversity with with uh, two Latinos, a female, an African-American. It, it was a wonderful mosaic. And I think that's why across the board, across the nation, the GOP has had the leg up. And Democrats haven't figured that out yet. And maybe I should just shut up and, and not, you know, not mess things up for them. But they're they're perfectly capable of messing it up for themselves And let's hope they continue to do just that. Uh, Big news of the day. A couple of things in the big news department. Megyn Kelly leaving Fox for NBC. That's big news. She's going to to make a lot of money. Not that she wasn't making a lot of money right now. But she's going to have a major role with NBC. I just don't know how she's going to sit between Rachel Maddow and Chris Matthews. That's got, and maybe Matthews is headed out. Maddow certain, certainly is not, but that's a big one. And uh, the, the other one that's uh, just crossed over the wires, and I think it deserves an attaboy. I think it deserves a pat on the back. The Bushes have said they are going to, uh, they're going to attend the inauguration. George W. and Laura will attend the inauguration. Especially, uh, especially big, this news is especially big because Bush was openly opposed to Trump. 
So this is uh, this is yet another triumph for Donald Trump. And and I think in the interest of party unity, I think this is a big deal. Now, I just I just don't know how Jeb is going to see George at the next family picnic and say, really, really, pal? I was the I was the slow one. I was the tired, low energy one. And you went to the inauguration. But I do think country and party will unify these folks. Just saying. Check it out. Uh, And speaking of the inauguration. Something going on. Uh, I have uh, I have many friends, as, as most of you know, who listen to my show. As most of you know, I, uh, I live in Delaware. I live in the woods in Delaware, surrounded by a bunch of anarchists, communists, Uber lift, Uber left leaning progressives. I am the town conservative. Uh, and they all know it. They all point and go, it's him. When they tallied the votes for our village, I think there was one vote for Donald Trump. And I think it was mine. But there certainly were a lot for uh, uh, Jill Stein. There's a lot of Priuses here with Jill Stein bumper stickers on them. So when I heard about the DNC trophy that's being offered, I actually ordered a, a whole bunch of them. If You know what? If Glenn would let me do it. Oh, man, we got to figure out how to do this. The DNC trophy. I'm supposed to be covering the inauguration. And if I'm in, in D.C. for that, that moment, I should hang out and also stay for the protest march the next day. And we should, we should be selling these at the protest march. What, what am I talking about? Well, this, this is... It sounds funny, but it's an actual product. If you want to see what it is, go to, and I'm not making a nickel off this. I have, I have bought some of these. It is a, a product called DNC Trophy. You can see it at dnctrophy.com. Here is the sort of tongue-in-cheek ad that they made. Do you have someone special on your gift list? No, we mean special. Someone who hasn't shut up since the election. A special gentle soul who needs a participation trophy to feel wanted and appreciated in a seemingly unjust world. Then do we have the gift for them. Put away your microaggressions, Pablo, because we're bringing the country together. DNCTrophy.com. DNCTrophy.com is the perfect place for your perfect little snowflake who's emotionally distressed over the election. Oh, the humanity. Even when they lose, they can still get a trophy. Afraid mean old Republicans might make them get a J-O-B? Get them a DNC trophy. Do they need a safe space? Send them a DNC trophy. Are they still watching CNN? They need a trophy. And you can send it to any liberal you like. Schumer, Pelosi, Warren, doesn't matter. A beautiful trophy that says, you participated in the election and although you didn't win, participation is all that matters. You're still a winner in our hearts. Yes, a DNC trophy will make your liberal friends feel better instantly. You can buy one or 100 because this is America and we can do that again. Making America great, one trophy at a time. DNC Trophy. Get your Buttercup one today at dnctrophy.com. dnctrophy.com. It's a real deal. 
And I think, uh, you know what, I got to get Glenn on the horn. I know he threw his back out this morning when he came back. But if, if we could take 100 of these to D.C. and set up a table and maybe sell them, and I bet you people would buy them before they realized that we were poking fun at them. The dnctrophy.com, if you want to see it, it's actually, you know, a cheap little plastic trophy. And it has a winged woman holding a, a circle over her head. And in the middle of the circle is, of course, a snowflake. A beautiful snowflake. So it's, uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful idea. Uh, if any of you are going to the inauguration, uh, you should let us know because I think there will be some blazers in attendance. I know Robin Walensky will be there. I will be there. The DC crew from theblaze.com will be there. I don't know if Buck will. I, I need to talk to Buck to see if he's going to be covering it from DC, but I am, I'm planning on being at the swearing in. I'm planning on trying to sneak into at least one presidential inaugural ball and God knows what else, but we shall see. Uh, earlier, I was speaking about President uh, Obama and his, um, his speech in, uh, in Chicago next week. And some of you made comments about it. I did, too. So did Emily Zanotti of uh, Heat Street. But Frank Luntz was talking about President Obama. Frank Luntz was specifically discussing Obama and uh, his last, uh, I guess, this last tour of his. And I thought Frank had a pretty interesting take on it that I wanted to share with you. The key point here is that this is not really about making it difficult on Donald Trump. If Trump did this great tour of the country, and they called it a victory tour or a thank you tour, Obama seems to be doing a, and I'm, I've been trying to figure out the right language so I don't get fined by the, by the FCC, a... F you tour. I, I, I guess that's the best way to put it. Okay. In that he is so critical. I, I think we'll all be okay with that. I think so. He's been but so that, that sort of that, that captures it in your view, huh? Yes. What he has said about Hillary Clinton and her campaign and drawing that contrast, what he has done to uh, Israel and to Benjamin Netanyahu, that there are people that he has had political difficulties with, and those, and by the way, Republican members of the House and Senate. The people who he's disagreed with over the last eight years, he's gone to great pains to draw a contrast between the things that he says and the things that they have done in a way that makes me think he's trying to settle scores before he leaves. And that's not presidential, particularly for someone like Barack Obama, who is such a great communicator. I would have expected more from him. Hmm. Frank Luntz nailing it. Hammer hitting right on the head of the nail. Well done, sir. I'm going to step aside. When we get back, I want to talk to an old colleague of mine, works at another outlet these days. Jason Howerton is, uh, has a story that, that they uh, uncovered, and it's about something at the U.S. Capitol that is really ticking me off. It's offensive to law enforcement. It's offensive. Anybody, anybody should be offended by this but especially our friends in law enforcement. And we will talk about it and explain it when the Buck Sexton Show returns. This is the Buck Sexton Show. On the Blaze Radio Network.
The Buck Sexton Show on the Blaze Radio Network. It is the Buck Sexton Show. Mike Opelka in for Buck. He'll be back tomorrow. We, uh, we're doing a little bit of chess moves around here. So I'm in for Buck. He's in for Rush. You know, I was in for Glenn yesterday. It's, it's a busy, busy time of year. For those of us on the platoon team at the Blaze Radio Network, I will be back in my usual spot, uh, 7 to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday, starting tomorrow night. So please join me. I mentioned that I had a a former colleague who's going to chat with me here. Uh, I got to work alongside of Jason Howerton for quite a while at TheBlaze.com. I think it was almost four years. I'm in my seventh year now, as of this week, at The Blaze, which is kind of stunning. That's an eternity in any kind of media outlet. But here I am. And Jason is over at IJR.com. If you haven't visited the Independent Journal Review, check out Jason's stuff. Uh, I I like him as a person. He's kind of a funny dude, despite the fact that he, he always picks winning football teams and then gets on board and cheers them on, where I will be loyal to the Chicago Bears until I die, no matter how bad they are. But uh, Jason wrote a story last week I wanted to talk to him about. So I'm, I'm happy you're here, sir. Happy New Year. Do we have Jason? I don't hear him. Jason, I'm, I'm not hearing him at all. Now I think he's there. Mr. Howerton? Yeah, am I here? Am I on the air? You're, you're here. I, I thought maybe you were... Uh, you were not talking to me because I, I slammed your football loyalty. Well, you have to remember, you only say that because every you say that I only cheer for rooting football teams because I'm always cheering for the Packers, which is always a <laughs> winning football team. So I completely understand where you're coming from as a Bears fan who uh, I can't remember. I think I was in college the last time you guys saw a playoff game. So I understand the, the, the upsetness that, that comes with yeah, that. Yeah, we were Super Bowl in 2007 was the last time. For the Bears. With Rex Grossman, and, of all people. Good Lord. Yeah, almighty. and we, we got our butts kicked. But, but that's, a, that's a different story. And we almost had a dismal enough season to get a top draft pick. But Cleveland outdid us. So I, we can't even screw up right. You know, it just, it's just <laughs> maddening. But uh, you, guys, you guys had a story that came out just before the new year that I thought uh, we need to talk about. And we also need to uh, get an update on it. This painting of the cops portrayed as pigs. I've got two minutes. Go. Yeah, this was nuts. Um, I got a tip from a congressional aide um, in Congress who was walking by, and he saw a couple cops, like, huddled around this something on the wall. And he was like, what's going on? And he walked over there, and he sees this, this image of, of cops who are they're either pigs with, you know, tusks. They're like hogs. Uh, you know, basically terrorizing a black neighborhood, pointing guns at them. Uh, Michael Brown is depicted as like a saint on a on a cross that looks like a, you know, the 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 um, the weights of justice and, and stuff like that. So uh, obviously, when when we broke this story, it it, it traveled pretty far and wide, pretty quick. Um, so the update here is uh, he's not the congressman who's kind of responsible for this. Uh, congressman Lacey from uh, Missouri is kind of doubling down. Uh, I half understand his argument. He's saying they don't censor, um, you know, art. But at the same time, I don't think it would be acceptable for um, 
you know, for flip it around and have, you know, black people terrorizing cops. I don't think that would be acceptable either uh, to be hung in the U.S. Capitol. But he says he's not taking it down. Uh, it's staying up. It, it'll automatically be taken down eventually after this. Um, it was part of an art contest uh, from high school students. So eventually it will be taken down naturally, but they're not going to remove it based on the uh, protest of, you know, police groups are really upset about this. Um, I, I'm kind of the most upset for the cops who have to work in the Capitol. Um, yeah. Where, where, where's the where's the respect for the cops who are there to protect the members of Congress? They're, Lacey they're, Clay. They're putting their lives on the line for them, and, and then they hang this photo up. So um, I think it was, uh, it, it was a big deal. What I was surprised about, Mike, is this thing apparently has been up for a while. And mm. I, I did a lot of, you know, back... Uh, ending research and i couldn't find any reports on it it was like nobody either noticed it or thought it was uh, newsworthy i guess i don't know maddening maddening i'm up against a hard wall happy new year come back on my show would you anytime J join me Sexton sir show. we'll be back only on the blaze radio network